Chris uh, is on the phone with us here at 434-964-1075, I think. Good morning, Chris. What's going on? Good morning, Joe. Appreciate what you do for the community. I had to call in because uh, this being a good southern town that it is, felt it had to mention uh, Leonard Skinner lost their uh, last surviving member. Oh, yeah, Gary Rossington. Yeah, I saw that okay, yesterday. Great guitars. Uh, they... Their band uh, contributed quite a few songs to the American Songbook. Uh, they were inspired by uh, Allman Brothers, mm-hmm. who also inspired other bands like Marshall Tucker, the Special, and uh, just an amazing time to be alive to listen to to listen to Skinner's music. And uh, you know, it's 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 a big loss, but uh, I guess everything's coming down. You know, the the baby boomers are. Losing all their entertainers. I mean, it seems like every week we're losing two or three of them. But uh, I tell you, man, one last thought. With all these uh, this video coming out about the uh, January 6th and how uh, the Patriots were uh, conducting themselves inside the uh, inside the, the the Capitol building there, without the Democrats wanting the, the public to know how orderly they were how they were being escorted around mm-hmm. by the police. Yeah, you saw the video. Um, isn't they, that, isn't that uh, you know, in, in a court of law, that's withholding exculpatory evidence. I mean, you know, because the, they're hiding evidence that could exonerate people, uh, and and lawyers get disbarred yeah, all the time for that. They're a despicable bunch, man. They're, they're, they're a despicable bunch. It's unfortunate that we're living in these times, but I guess, you know, we had a long run. You know, we had a long run. I'm not done. So I'm not ready to some, give up on her yet. Some, oh, I'm not. I'm not giving up on anything. But things change, and uh, this, these uh, these Democrats, uh, they're a change for the worse. So if uh, if anybody's voting for Democrats at any level, local, state, federal, I can tell you, you're selling your kids' future down the river, and uh, it's time to get these people out of here until the Democrat Party starts uh, presenting some people with some integrity. I hear you, my friend. And, yeah. Thanks well, a lot for all your help. Not at all. Yeah, we do what we can, and uh, and uh, we, you know, the rest of it will satirize for your protection. Uh, 434-964-1075. Giving Joe Thomas's wife a way to find out where he is every morning. For over 14 years, Seville 1075 and 1260 WCHV. Joe Thomas in the morning here, and how many times have I told you that things is things, and and people say there are good things and bad things. I I'm always of the mind to wait things out, to ride things out. Um, there are things that are tragic, uh, and and then lead to greater things later. Were the lives lost during the uh, battle for uh, America's independence, the battle to rid America of an invading and occupying army? Were those tragic? Yes. Did they lead to something better? Yes. Do we fail in our honoring of those lives lost? Yeah. Pretty much on a daily basis right now. 
But the video, and, and Chris brought up video, if you didn't see, and, and I'm, I'm in bed long before Tucker Carlson hits the cable waves, but uh, there's video out now uh, that shows an entirely different story of January 6th inside a building, which I have said to you time and time again, used to be open to the public without the invitation of those who work there. It is an office building filled with your employees, and yet your employees have now told you you're not allowed in here. Why? Homeland Security, some other such nonsense, politicians more important than citizens. You insert whatever you want in there. But uh, we got one phone call during the break uh, from a fellow who wanted to jump on what Chris said. He says, not just the Democrats you got to get out. It's the Republicans like um, uh, uh, who's our new UVA Center for Politics, Liz Cheney, who, <laughs> Mike, Mike, I will, I will edit your phrase for her because there are certain things in life, uh, there are feminine hygiene products and, and prophylactics that I believe serve more purpose than Liz Cheney does. Uh, so when you refer to her as, uh, as this used prophylactic, um, I'm going to uh, just refer to uh, your phrase as use prophylactic, and then I'm going to get to Greg on the phone here. But uh, Mike's point on uh, the the Liz Cheney, well, on the January 6th footage, how is it that Liz Cheney is able to get a teaching job at UVA when she violated every single ethical standard in the J6 fake committee? Well, well, first off, Mike, you're under the presumption that there were ethical standards around the J6 fake committee the only ethical standard is to keep you and donald j trump from ever having a place in the public discourse again it's to 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 have people every six to one every time i mention convention of states i get called an insurrectionist i will guarantee to you if i was trying to buy my house right now i couldn't get a mortgage because i've said convention of states on the air and somebody has gone on on online and called me an insurrectionist for quoting something that actually exists in the u.s constitution but it's the name calling it's the tribalism and mike you're right she withheld exculpatory evidence from the defendants who have been held isn't there a provision in that uh, Bill of Rights about um, due process, a speedy trial? I recall something like that. Joe Thomas in the morning. Thank you for letting us be of service to you. 434-964-1075 is the phone number. Emails come into Joe at WCHV.com. So much going on. Um, the city uh, is still, you know, kind of grappling with the violence. And uh, I, I just find it so illuminative to watch people fall all over themselves to avoid uh, the 800-pound drug gang in the room. And is it, I will present to you a working theory, whiteboarding it as we go. Why is race got to be there? Uh, just spitballing some, some working theory on why the public officials can't say, hey, um, we're going to try to crack down on the drug gangs. A, 
they want to open drug dispensaries in the poor neighborhoods anyway. Now, does this put them at competition? Read the bill. Read the bill that the General Assembly tried to pass this year. It specifically says that drug dispensaries will be, uh, the licenses will be fast-tracked, will be incentivized into the poorest, or the word they like to use is underserved areas. And there's an Orwellian twist to using that word as well. So maybe they don't want to inflame the drug gangs because they are concerned that they're going to be in competition with them? It's really not competition. Look at what's happened in Colorado since they legal legalized the wacky tobacco. They, they have lost money year after year. Their projections of tax revenue have never come true. And more people are buying the weed from drug dealers than were before they legalized it or decriminalized it. I you hear it so many times and you're in the echo chamber. It's, just, it's not decriminal. It's not legalized. It's still against the law. It's still a class one felony federally. The federal government, last time they even tried to change that, Tulsi Gabbard and Tom Garrett were the uh, sponsors of the bill. Shows you how long ago that was. And so when you, you, you look at the issues of the drug gangs in these areas, and we've got uh, another place, I was just reading in the news, Oklahoma is going to vote on legalizing it. Why are people still even discussing this, the decriminalizing it? Why are people still discussing it? When you see all the places where you've done it, it's turned into a boondoggle at best and a promotion for the criminal element at worst. The, the drug gangs in Colorado are bigger and more profitable than they were before. I don't know if it's that they sell a better product. I'm not a connoisseur. I'm not sure if they're selling a better product or if it costs less. It does more. I don't know. I don't know the reason. Uh, I do know that it was predictable that once you legalize the possession of it, and said, well, but you buy it from the government. People weren't going to buy it from the government. And they don't. You see it all over the place. I thought it was funny. I got a, you, know, you get all these uh, lists from all these almanac groups, groups that go, today is a national cereal day. Or, and I don't know who do, does these surveys, probably the manufacturers of you know, General Foods or Post. The most popular cereals in Virginia, and uh, I think second on the list, if not third, one of one of the podium positions was Lucky Charms. <laughs> Just thought of thought of our Senate leader Louise Lucky Charms Lucas and her head shop down in Hampton Roads that sells or got caught selling weed infused Lucky Charms. And and yet, you know, we do this time and time again. 
we we talk about and talk around the issues of of where these problems are, where they come from. We we never want to say where you know. And when the police chief says, "I want to know where they're getting these guns," we know where they're getting the guns. We know where a 16-year-old and a 15-year-old get a gun from. We can, and so when the police chief says it like he has no idea, I think I think he's insulting our intelligence at best. We're coming up on a break, but I want to let you know we uh, hear you and we will put you at the front of the line. Good morning. Who's this? Morning, sir. Mason. Good uh, morning, Mason. Hang on the line. Let me uh, do some business here, and then uh, we'll hear what you got on your mind. Okay. He's not even speaker of his own house, but he does okay for us. The shootout in the in the Belmont Corral. Joe call Thomas, it. weekday mornings on the free Seville 1075 smartphone app. We are averaging one shooting call for service a day. Most of our shots fired calls that we're seeing, typically teenagers between neighborhood beefs. I don't know what it is. Something's wrong with our eyes. Joe Thomas in the morning, 434-964-1075. That was police chief. Uh, Michael coaches uh, there are uh, more folks with more opinions uh, and uh, you know, the best part is when they blame the pandemic and then you know, I think you notice these folks they go away very quickly when somebody makes the logical leap that says you mean the one where Governor Northam told everyone to do this so you're, you're technically blaming the shootings on Governor Northam I mean, I could make the case if that's the if that's their answer is that it's the pandemic doing it. But Mason was hanging on the line when we went to break. Good morning, Mason. Thank you for hanging on the line. What's on your mind about this? Uh, gave me time to get a cup of coffee. <laughs> so. I'm sorry I missed you yesterday. Mason did um, uh, come by the uh, radio station, and I was out. I ran out, and uh, I, uh, we'll have to uh, make sure our schedules coordinate better so I can get a copy of this picture. I'd rather be in Virginia um, speaking volumes. But uh, anyway, thank you for checking in. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll make it happen. So your your question is about why is Colorado facing being a failure in the sale of pot? Mm-hmm. Well, they they tax it, the state ta- the government taxes it, mm-hmm. and that puts them at a disadvantage. But now I am all for taxing pot. I am I'd rather see pot totally eliminated from sales. But then again, the the Mexicans will bring it back across the border and sell it no matter what. We have to stop that, or at least slow it up. Preferably stop it. Now, when, when the people in Colorado with their stores go to sell their pot, they sell it and it's, I understand pot's really pricey and, and they have a tax on it. Well, the guys that are selling it out of Oaxaca and other states over in the mountains in Mexico, they don't have a tax. They don't have a rule of a gram has to be a gram. If a person buys two or three grams, they might throw in a bonus gram and, you can't compete against them like that. You have to, the only way you can compete against them is stopping them. 
Yeah, it's and we certainly have no interest in doing that. Not at the southern border, uh, anyway. <laughs> and but but you know you bring up you bring up one of the points uh, about the the taxing of the uh, wacky tobacco. And it's interesting. I listened to Virginia continue to tell me that their problem with coming up with a law that will provide for dispensaries. And, and I had to laugh when I saw the bill that they had uh, that would have uh, targeted the, the underserved neighborhoods for uh, these dispensary licenses uh, as if that's their job growth plan. Uh, but and, and like the poor neighborhoods need that anymore. But but I think you know also what you're finding is that there are people who find that whether it's the quality is better or because I'm not a connoisseur I don't know but uh, I, generally speaking the quality of most things is better in the private sector than it is when it comes from the government but you mentioned the taxation and and a part of uh, I think what drives people to the drug dealers even where it's been decriminalized is the idea I don't want the government to know I'm doing this because they still feel like it is against the law and and is this something that could be used against me later on uh what about my social credit score we're already seeing all the ESG stuff starting to manifest uh in investments uh you know when when is it going to start to impact your ability to get a mortgage uh and when when does a uh college uh, admissions board get to see hmm well you spend fifty thousand dollars a year at the dispensary mr thomas uh maybe you don't deserve that home loan uh that kind of thing you know uh, you know when does that start coming into play and i think that drives a little bit of it too uh they don't want the government to know they're buying it well that has potential mm. Thank you, sir. I mean, we got to get it right. And, and, and I use the word sometimes, and let me, let me get your opinion of it. I try to use the word inebriate, um, frequently because, uh, uh, there are obvious things that are different about the different ones. Um, you know, wine, beer, sangria, and all the beefsteak Charlie's you can eat. Joe Thomas in the morning. Thank you for letting us be of service to you. 434-964-1075. That's the phone number. Emails come in to joe at wchv.com. Haywood down in Nelson County picks up on what I was saying about inebriates. And, and you, I am, I'm no prude. I've told you all this. My problem wasn't Bill Clinton's problem. I didn't have a problem inhaling. But I knew at some point it, it was not helping me, so I stopped. We have a couple glasses of wine in the evening. We had a fire pit Monday uh, last night. So I'm not going to sit here and teetotal on you. But that said, d- does it not bear conversation? So here's what Haywood writes in. Why don't anybody badmouth alcohol, the worst drug on the planet? Put a trash tax on it, too. 75% of the trash on the roadside that nobody cares about. And I don't know if it's the Board of Supervisors' job to fix it up, but cleaning up the side of the road. We, We inebriates, as a rule... 
lower our cognitive function. I'm going to put it that way. So that's a phrase that pays these days. We're not as attentive to things. We're sloppy. And nobody, nobody is using alcohol as a performance-enhancing drug. And, and they're, they're all dodges to deeper issues. For example, all right, a huge example of the way we as humans dodge issues all the time, all the time. So uh, the guy Knowles at CPAC talking about transgenderism. And yet the, the simple, and because we demagogue, and because uh, activist groups, tribalist activists who, who want to define everyone by the club they're in, want to say that he was talking about genocide. He was saying eliminate the idea of transgenderism. Okay, let's have that discussion. Because there are deeper things. Transgenderism is just a manifestation of deeper psychological issues. Alcoholism is a manifestation of deeper issues. I've talked to people in recovery uh, business, in the recovery business, who have told me time and time again that one of the issues with recovering out of any addiction is transference, is the phrase they use that instead of actually healing the, the psychological issue that has driven you to whatever inebriate you are hiding you know, the, the pain in, you transfer it to something else. Uh, one, one of the care professionals that said, he said, do you ever notice how much uh, an alcoholic will start drinking coffee and what they've done is they've just replaced coffee or replaced the alcohol with the coffee. And certainly it doesn't harm you as to the degree that being a drunk does or stoned or you know, high or you, you pick the label. But these things have places. It's, it's not that you're going to... Uh, you, you take an inebriate. Well, why are you why are you looking for it? And there was a there was a point not all that long ago where I was coming home looking forward to a glass of wine before dinner. Never mind at dinner. And I started thinking. I said, Well, why do you need a why do you need a glass of wine? And you get home, Joe. You like your job. Yeah, but it's stressful. Okay, well, deal with the stress in some way. You don't have to just kind of numb it with with alcohol. Yeah, have a glass after, you know, sitting by the fire pit. That's fine. But it's when we're using these as escapes. And there are all sorts of them. Self-harm. And so, you know, when you listen to the politicians talk about talking, uh, talking uh, heads and talking about legislation about mental health care, the, the beginnings of a real robust community that understands engagement in mental health care is honesty and forthrightness. 
And, and meanwhile, the same government officials want to develop all these ESG social credit score things that just as a small example of a small subset of heroic, honorable people who just the knowledge that something is going to go on their per permanent record will keep them from seeking the help they need, vets that don't apply for the opportunities that the, even the VA makes available for mental health treatment for those who are coming back from combat because they don't want that on their permanent, permanent record in some way, shape, or form infringe on their God-given rights because we do that now. If you seek help, well, you can't give Joe a loan in 1981. He was smoking weed. Okay, that was 1981. Yeah, but it's on your permanent record. And so society, because of tribalism, because we don't want to take time to get to know anyone, we've centralized our banking, we've centralized our institutions, we don't want to take time to get to know the individual. There's no way to know if an individual has healed themselves of a, a crippling addiction because we've just lumped them into a pile of people who, in some cases, haven't. And that's why we don't do health care well. We don't do, you know, deal with drug issues well. And we're, we're too afraid, especially nowadays, with a, you can't tell me I can. <sighs> Nobody is telling you you can or can't, but just have some advisory positions out there. Do we have the clip of the lady who blames the gun violence on the pandemic, the uh, City of Promise uh, lady? Um, I think we have a clip of her. Saying that you know the, these uh, these issues we're having are because of the uh, pandemic. I think the pandemic has really exacerbated um, kids' sense of loneliness, isolation, desperation. And into some of the issues, this is the wonderful thing about you know having these moments is is the the point she's making at the end there are things that kids wind up in drug gangs because of. All you have to do is go to the next point. So what are they feeling? Uh, the, the guy from uh, the fitness guru. Do we have a fitness guy? Is it a wartime fitness? Some of these kids don't even have a purpose. or they think the only option is is the streets or is violence. That's is the streets. That 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 is a phrase. Is is the streets? The streets. That's the. And who lives on the streets? Who exists on the streets? Who does business on the streets? It's the same as the mob did in Chicago in the 30s or New York in the 30s. It's people without opportunities. And you say, oh, Joe's going to go and say it's an economic issue. Well, in a lot of ways it is. It's not that drugs didn't exist when we had better job opportunities in Charlottesville, but the drug gangs have found it harder to recruit. And so it's a two-sided thing. So, you know, you fight the drug gangs, sure. But the drug gangs without customers are just gangs. And then what are they going to do? 
If if you're not addicted to gambling, well, the guy running the craps parlor in his basement isn't going to have any customers. That's why you laugh, if you will. The single most effective tool, short of drug courts that we have in some of these areas that are a modern way of addressing the consumer base, was when Nancy Reagan and, and the Reagan administration instituted the Just Say No campaigns designed to try to help convince people that doing drugs was a bad idea. That it was debasing and dehumanizing and all the things you wouldn't do to yourself. And if you do want to do them to yourself, well, let's talk about that because that could be the underlying issue. It's part of the reason I want to fight unplanned pregnancies because I think I think if you fight unplanned pregnancies and you have less and less unplanned pregnancies, guess what happens? You have less and less abortion, too. Inflation-proof listening. Too many families are struggling. Free of charge since we went on the air in 1933. I get it. Seville 1075 and 1260 WCHV. He only aims to please you. I want to be Joe. Joe Thomas in the morning, 434-964-1075. So, yes, by the way, uh, that does make me your Joe uh, this morning. Uh, with apologies to Dave, uh, I, I, I'm not going to make coffee for you. So, you know, it depends on what you need. Maybe you need me to a point, and then you pull into the parking lot, and then Dave becomes your Joe, whatever it may be. But uh, however you roll this morning. Um, I've got a question since the, the elected leaders, the representatives of our community, uh, grapple and hand ring over this. And there's other things. I mean, it's a hundred million dollar budget for the city. Well, I, $99 million budget for the city. And how many millions are they going to have left over at the end of this one? And all that we'll get into at 434-964-1075, um, Here's a question, though, for, for the hand-ringers in city leadership who, who won't address the problem and they just want to continue to be seen on camera saying, I don't know where these teenagers are getting the guns. And they turn a blind eye to the drug gang problem, the, the economic malaise problem, the poverty problem, all of those things. What happens... In Charlottesville City, and I know you're probably going to chuckle at the premise, but I know there are people with tactical shotguns in the city of Charlottesville. I know there are people with rifles in the city of Charlottesville. What happens when the first homeowner or home renter comes out off their porch and goes Grand Torino on someone? Get off my lawn. What happens then? What does is, what is Lloyd Snook say then? I mean, I, I get a pretty good idea. 
Now, we don't, we, we, uh, def, def, definitely decry vigilantism and, and whoever it is that defends their property will, will have done to them. And I'm not saying that I wouldn't do it. If somebody was on my lawn, I, <laughs> they're, they're definitely finding out what my, what my castle doctrine mindset is at my home. But then again, I live in a county now where when I hear gunshots in the night, it's just somebody practicing on their property. I'm, it, you, and you know this because it's not immediately followed by the signs of a, sounds of a squad car rushing to the scene. But what happens when that first homeowner or even a renter decides I've had enough and comes out of their front porch and goes Gran Torino on these guys. And, and, and then, and then the city's going to be confronted with this. And, and, and I, you think what happened to that couple in St. Louis is bad? I, I fairly sure it's going to look like a Sunday school picnic compared to what they do to some Charlottesville resident. But I, it's going to come to that. Good morning. You're on the air with Joe Thomas in the morning. Who's this? Good morning, sir. Mason. Oh, you promised you were going to get a cup of coffee. So I, <laughs> now, the now caffeinated uh, Mason is back. What's uh, what's your that thought would be now? true. That would be true. That would be true. So what happens when the first Charlottesville resident goes Gran Torino on somebody in the you know and pulls out and drives the drug gangs off their lawn their their own way? Oh boy, what a question! Well, the the, the far left will holler. See, we need to take guns away. They won't think about the drug dealers. It'll be 100%. We have to take guns away. It'll be the homeowner's fault. Oh, absolutely. That's the way they'll see it. Yeah. Joe Thomas in the morning. Uh, thank you for letting us be of service to you uh, there. Uh, and I don't have the DSV in front of me, but generally speaking, um, uh, the people I know that uh, talk about addictions, um, talk about you know the decision to do something, even in the uh, absence of of a better idea of of something else you should be doing. And, and so if you if you choose to do something that you you know, you know there's something else you should be doing there, then you've got at least some issue that you're you're trying to hide from, whether it be you know work projects, self esteem, all these all these things, and that's why again, you know when when we look to the government to do mental health care, it's like looking to the government uh, to do anything. They're going to do it badly and generally for their only purpose of making themselves look good. AJ's on the phone with us at 434-964-1075. Thanks for hanging on the line, AJ. How are you doing this morning? Uh, no problem, buddy. Just 
getting it done this morning. You know how that goes. I hear you. So uh, you you have a thought on uh, the the drug gang issues in Charlottesville and 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 how everyone's just kind of shrugging, saying, "I don't know where they're getting the guns." Uh, well, I was listening to you know the other side yesterday evening a little bit. I like to find out what they're talking about. Sure. And I just I, I thought you should know that they picked up on your um, idea of turning uh, the, you know going from a city back to a town. What? And yes, yes, I, it came up yesterday, and but not for the reasons you think. Uh-oh. This is this is very it's very interesting to me to me, and I just kind of wondered what your thoughts was. But the guy that was on the radio show, I can't remember his name said that the mistake that Charlottesville made was doing the revenue agreement and then capping the size of the city. So if they revert back to a town, they can start annexing again. So his thoughts was that they go back to a town, Albemarle County will be responsible for the police, the EMS, all the schools, everything. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then Charlottesville would have the power to annex land from the county. Well, now that's not really true because if you go back to town status, I don't know who it was talking, but I'm just going to pick up on what you said. Um, if if you're a town, you're actually part of the county. You're a town within the county. Uh, there, you're not an individual municipality. Uh, Scottsville can't annex part of Albemarle County. They are technically part of Albemarle County already. What what he's probably talking about is uh, sloughing off all of their problems. It was it was why Henry County. Uh, in Southside fought so hard against Martinsville giving up on being a city because they didn't want all the debt that the city had. They didn't want to have to pick up the tab for all the extra police and everything else because of the crime issues uh, in there. Um, so so uh, it, the, the, uh, the revenue sharing agreement is one problem in it, but the, the revenue sharing agreement only addresses one area. It only hurts charlottesville it actually only hurts albemarle county in one place and that's in school funding from the state uh because the state judges that based on tax collections and the and the tax collections they look at is top line uh before any disbursements so it always looks like albemarle county has more money than it should than it actually does uh, and it always looks like charlottesville has less money because it doesn't uh, this composite index doesn't take um, the revenue sharing agreement into effect. Um, so, so it, it, it I, I don't know who it was who was saying that. Uh, I only think that the city should give up on this stuff because you're duplicating services that you don't want anymore. Just like the shoot, shootout over by the Red Roof Inn, they needed to call in the county's tactical unit, uh, and they wouldn't even use the word SWAT on TV when they talked to the TV cameras. They couldn't say the word SWAT because SWAT has become sub- such an epithet in the city. But they had to call in a SWAT team, so they had to call the county to to let their tactical team uh, come in and uh, try to de-escalate the uh, situation there. Uh, so it's really more about the fact that the city and county are duplicating stuff, and and really the city is just just it, it borderline incapable of getting its head out of its arse uh, anymore for for a lot of this so i i just my my whole point is they've outlived their usefulness uh, outside of as a punchline so you know just, just you know, quit while you're ahead and and go back to being a town in in albemarle county well, like I say, I, I want to say it was somebody like a lawyer or somebody from the university, and the reason he was on was to talk about, you know, the violence and all the problems. 
and he was going into like you know it was the the poverty and stuff like that was causing it in certain communities and he was saying that it wasn't enough housing and that, that no, the that's town, true. I mean, the way he talked the way he talked it was it was law that that the town could actually annex parts of the county well I, it, he's he's wrong it's not anymore uh, cities used to be able to annex but uh, the, actually the year after the revenue sharing agreement went into effect uh they passed a state law forbidding that now you could undo the state law and, and put it back uh, and give that's, them that's what, he, that's what he was saying he was saying the city the, the, the law pertains to the city not being able to do it but the county could because he said in 1980 or 80 something that the general assembly passed passed yeah. it so that the city couldn't do it but he said the town could and I like say mm-hmm. you know maybe, yeah, maybe he's wrong or whatever mm-hmm. but i just found it very interesting that they were picking up on the going back to the town status but i was but the reason they want to do it is to, is to grab more people's property. Yeah, well, it's, uh, that's always the issue. That's why the, that's why Michael Payne wants to thug up on the university because the university can take your property easier than the city can. But I've got to run into the news, my friend. You have a good morning. You too, bud. Interesting. We care more about Scottsville Road than Wall Street. Owned by an actual mom and an actual bop. WCHB AM and FM, Charlottesville, a Monticello Media Group station. Dysfunction Junction. I don't bump kids with behavioral problems. Thank you for letting us be of service to you uh, live from the gaslit streets of Dysfunction Junction. It is Joe Thomas in the morning, uh, 434-964-1075. Emails come into joe at wchv.com. We got into this abstract a little bit, straw poll again. Poverty, not a big issue amongst the attendees of uh, CPAC, and I think that is a perilous viewpoint uh, and, and I understand, though, politically, I got this email yesterday after the show. Joe, I am a political consultant. Please don't say it. Uh, but the point you made seems to contradict yourself. You said conservatives need to take poverty more seriously, yet the point then was followed up with a statement about the 22 election saying that talking about poverty was the reason the Democrats won as many seats as they did in 2022 because they just do the Santa Claus. All right, so you misunderstand, I think, to a degree, what I was saying about poverty. And it's going somewhere because A.J. said that somebody has picked up on my campaign to have the city of Charlottesville go through reversion therapy, um, where they give up the ghost on being a city. And was talking about, uh, oh, we'll get so much more affordable housing if we had, you know, if we if we were a town in Albemarle County. Stick a pin in that. We will get to that in a second. But uh, this email about my connection with the CPAC straw poll, uh, the attendees' view on whether poverty is a big issue or not, and the 2022 midterm elections. Democrats like poverty because Democrats can campaign to poverty. Campaigns do the nanny state Santa Claus vote for me or your benefits will be restricted. Vote for you. You'll watch it. Bob Good talks about fiscal responsibility in Washington and the demagoguery begins that he's going to cut back your social security or cut back your welfare or cut back your SNAP benefits. All of this is just fear mongering designed to win, you know, 51% of an election. 
We just need to scare enough people. We were talking about this with Mark Meckler yesterday. The Democratic Party of Montana spent millions, millions of dollars to win one vote, change one vote of one member of the General Assembly in order to derail the Convention of States Compact being ratified in uh, Montana. One vote. That's all they needed, one vote. So uh, take your pick on this with the campaign rhetoric. I'm not talking about campaign rhetoric. I'm talking about actually doing something. See, conservatives can win the campaign rhetoric if we start doing something about poverty and showing it. Like we have the provable point about tax cuts. The provable point about tax cuts is when you cut taxes, revenue for better or worse, whatever you call it, uh, tax collections at, at the municipal level go up. We have provable data points now, six quarters under the Youngkin administration of increased tax collections despite tax cuts, which the left will immediately tell you, oh, so how are you going to replace this money? So we need to start having provable data points that conservative policies, free market, real, real free market policies, not, uh, you know, we'll give a kickback to the biggest corporation that shows us a campaign contribution check. No, 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 no. I'm talking about real free market opportunities. Get rid of this licensure crap that the state indulges itself in. Making you know somebody who wants to do do hair salon, open a hair salon, go through more hoops than a Planned Parenthood freaking operation. So AJ called earlier and said he heard somebody you know leftist professor saying that the city should go through reversion and give up being a, uh, an independent city, and it caught AJ's attention because I have said this frequently: the city has far outlived its purpose. Uh, as a municipality, even for the sake of being a punchline, it's becoming dangerous. But but this professor's argument, when dig, digging on it myself, I was curious, is that because the city has a static boundary now, its housing opportunities are gone. There are no new places to build. Well, A, that's wrong. Drive around the city, you'll see plenty of places to build. Uh, two, municipally, you can still go up. But, Joe, there's a law saying we can't go any higher. Yeah, guess what? Laws get changed all the time. It's what the legislative process is. So, so the city could go up. The city could develop places that haven't been developed, say, south of Tonsler Park area. I, I believe there have been city council candidates on this show talking about developing in those areas. I believe there have been guys who ran left-wing radio stations who wanted to develop affordable housing in those areas. And the city said, no. But, Joe, it's not in their comprehensive plan. Hey, guess what? The comprehensive plan was written by a city councilor, so so it could be unwritten by one, too. But it's the law. Again, laws can be changed. You just have to have the intestinal fortitude to do it. So this idea, but but the laughable part of the whole premise is that reverting from city status and becoming just a town in Albemarle County would increase your affordable housing 
is so laughable because you're counting on Albemarle County to have more affordable housing. Albemarle County is worse than the city when it comes to affordable housing. And their bait-and-switch program, uh, and maybe this is it. Maybe they just want to get in, in on the bait-and-switch program. Remember, Albemarle County, 95% of the developable land has been taken off the market by one of those laws that a elected official legislated. Yes, they could change it. Neil Williamson has suggested at the Free Enterprise Forum a modest, just just loosen it by 50%. Tune in to you as much as you are tuned into us. Fox News updates every half hour on Seville 1075 and 1260 WCHV. Joe Thomas in the morning. Thank you for letting us be of service to you. 434 964 1075. When I wake up, well, I know I'm going to be. I'm going to be the man who wakes up next to you. When I go out, yeah, I know I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the man who goes along with you. But I would walk 500 miles and I would walk 500 more to be the man who walks a thousand miles to fall down at your door. Uh, I mentioned all that. The emails coming to Joe at WCHV.com. I'm gonna get to a couple of emails here in a moment, but I want to finish up this. Th- because <laughs> sometimes it's the way they say it. Uh, this this professor that seems to think that Charlottesville's affordable housing problems will be solved uh, by stealing Joe Thomas's idea that the uh, city should uh, revert from city status into town status and fold itself into <laughs> Albemarle County. I mean, it might help their affordable housing prospects if they if they gave up on being a city and folded themselves into oh I don't know Fluvanna or Green Albemarle. I mean, just go. I, I just did a quick search at freeenterpriseforum.wordpress.com. Uh, and that's Neil Williamson's chronicle of this. Let's see. Uh, one, uh, this is May 4th. Does Albemarle want affordable housing? March 31st, impact affordable housing in the final four. March 17th, uh, 2001, you can't make housing more affordable by, uh, making it more expensive. Um, uh, March, December 7th, 2020, uh, our greatest affordable housing challenge, NIMBYs. Uh, November 23rd, 2020, Wimpy Affordable Housing Financing. November 19th, Keeping Affordable Units Affordable, uh, with a graphic from the lottery, I'm not sure. Uh, November 9th, 2020, Is Charlottesville Affordable Housing Draft Plan Doomed uh, There? Um, you see, my point is that you've got a lot going on there. Uh, does Albemarle really want affordable housing? That's the one that I referred to yesterday. In which, you know, what, what Albemarle County does is they insist before they approve a project of building houses that a certain number of them are, quote, affordable. But then Albemarle County runs the project to find residents for it. And, and if they don't, then the units go back to the developer to sell at market rate. So it's, it, it, it depends on, and I, I don't know why developers do this outside of the fact that, you know, somehow they've got to get the permission to, to build that, the housing units. But man, you don't want to talk about setting yourself up to be the bad guy because then Albemarle County, you know, points at the developers and says they're not building affordable housing units when it's really them that aren't putting people in the affordable housing units. Anyway, Greg, thank you for hanging on the line, my friend. What's on your mind, sir? 
Well, the, the problem when it comes to affordable housing, when it comes to the violence perpetrated with guns, there's no such thing, by the way, as gun violence. Yeah. You know, I keep a pistol in my drawer, and it's never gotten up and gone down and done anything. You know, it stays there in the drawer. But the, the problem here is, is you've got a liberal class of people who do not discipline children in school because of all the issues there. You've got a liberal class of people who create so many rules in building a house and in developing a neighborhood or, or, or subdividing land that there is a scarcity. And with the scarcity, then the price goes up. When you subsidize people, you, you have the government pay for their housing. That drives the price up and makes it less affordable and more costly to those who are the middle class trying to get ahead. The whole uh, mantra of individuals that run the Board of Supervisors and city councilors, they're all useless idiots. They're idiots because they believe in socialism, equity. They believe in this nonsense climate change. Uh, and all those things uh, make the cost of things go up. Uh, the children who are misbehaving with guns and killing each other, guess what? They needed a good spanking when they were in school. Well, you're not allowed to spank people in school. You're not allowed. The parents aren't even allowed to spank people. And by the way, when I was seven years old, I started helping my father in the summer working. It's against the law for people to work until they're 15 or 16 now with a work permit because you've got a bunch of communists that made that rule. So every Democrat, uh, 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 politician, every Democrat at the University of Virginia, every Democrat in this community is basically setting us up for failure. And the Republicans are too. Mitch McConnell, Lindsey Graham, all those people, Liz Cheney, all those neocons who want a perpetual yeah. war. So you, we've got a ruling class that's completely destroyed our country because the middle class has no say anymore because we're too busy working to make the rules. And and then the the those who aren't are told that they're incapable or not qualified uh, by whatever standards the government comes down with for work, so they stay home. Look at how many businesses are struggling to find people uh, right now because nobody wants exactly. the jobs. Right. So, but but here's the thing: we let them, and and this becomes we the object. Yeah, we we let these people do this. Uh, it is why I we refer to so, you know I I make the analogous relationship to a to an abused spouse, uh, where you know your your abuser comes home from wherever they're coming home from and berates you because you didn't do what they wanted you to do in the way they wanted you to do it, and then says you know they're only being mean to you because you you forced them to. That's what the government does Real to quick. us. One real quick point, Joe. Um, you know, I, I built a tractor barn at my house. You did know, you get permission? Fancy. I'm putting stone. Did you get huh? permission? Did you? Get, did Ann Malik? Oh come yeah, I got the agriculture. Yeah, I got an agriculture permit. Okay, and they did all, all right, that. All right. But the, the point I'm trying to make is, is I built a tractor barn, and in an agricultural building, you don't have any codes. But I mean, this my barn is probably built better than most houses. It's not finished. I've been working on it for eons. But my point is, is the cost of it was negligible, negligible. So my point is that you can go in the woods and you can take a portable sawmill and some stone and some concrete and you can build a structure that you could survive in with a wood stove until you could afford the plumbing later and the electrical later. But guess what? The Politburo at Albemarle County would never let you do that. They would condemn it and make you get out of it because it doesn't come up to what their, their building code standard. And this is one of the problems. 
I understand if it's third party, you're building apartment buildings for people to live in, you need a standard. But if you're living in your own structure to survive, which a lot of people could do, they could afford to live on a piece of land and then improve it over time. But the communists who run this county and this state won't let you do that with all their regulation. So well said, Greg, and you know it from the inside out. Uh, keep breaking stones, my friend, and we'll talk to you soon. I'll see you. Bye. We have been around for almost 90 years. Blame on both sides. And not a sign of any slowing down. But you also had very fine people on both sides. Seville 1075 and 1260 WCHV. Fun videos of people behind the police lines in plain clothes, like touching them on the shoulder. They need to be released. In fact, there's a Rasmussen uh, poll that just came out. This showed over 80%, 78% of Democrats and 86% of Republicans say that all the videos should be released. And, um, and they should. Joe Thomas in the morning. That's Thomas Massey. You may remember from the uh, documentary, The Swamp. Now, this may be insurrectionist. I don't know. Def Leppard could always be. 434-964-1075. That was uh, Tommy Massey was in response to the uh, video release, uh, the leak, a video that you weren't supposed to see of January 6th security uh, footage. And there was reams of it uh, as uh, one of the, uh, I think Jim Jordan brought it up. Because he wasn't allowed on the January 6th committee. He said, he said, we're supposed to believe this small amount. And I forget the number of minutes. Uh, he said, he said, I know for a fact that we have at least three times as many cameras in the U.S. Capitol as we are seeing footage from. He said, do the math. If it took an hour and there are whatever it was a hundred cameras, we're seeing 25 minutes of video. Where's all the rest? There's some really strange behavior uh, uh, on those videos of people behind the police lines in plain clothes, like touching them on the shoulder. With the, with the question being, were they encouraged by people? Are you seeing video of people being encouraged to come on in? And who are those people? And why, why would this not be something the January 6th Commission would be interested in seeing. Of course they wouldn't be interested in seeing it. They had seen it. But it, it fits in with the same box of the Charlottesville police chief still saying, I, I don't know where they're getting their guns from. Where, where are they all, you know, where are all these guns coming from? What, what, what are we doing, you know, to get all these shootings? Come on, you know, you know exactly where the, the guns are coming from. Exacerbated, um, kids' sense of loneliness, isolation, desperation. Yeah, that was uh, Ralph Northam is the reason. That's the uh, social. I think the pandemic has really exacerbated. You mean the pandemic shutdown that Governor Northam told us we had to go into? We are averaging one shooting call for service a day. Most of our shots fired calls that we're seeing, typically teenagers, between neighborhood beefs and um, to, to settle conflicts. Conflicts between who? Rival somethings? Rival, rival basketball leagues? Rival Dungeons and Dragons clubs? 
What what kind of rivalries of, of this do you speak? But this all goes into this idea that the government is the answer to everything. This this is when the warranty starts showing up. This is what happens when the warranty gets called in on the Ponzi scheme that you've been sold that the government will fix if given enough of your taxpayer money and permission to print more of it than even they had just on their own accord, they could fix your problems for you. And it's and it's a teachable but also a, a very dire situation where we need to survive this. Good morning. You're on the air with Joe Thomas in the morning. Who's this? Good morning. Good morning. Ah, Dobre Utra. Dobre Haranku. Uh, yeah, Dobre Haranku, yes. <laughs> Janani, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing good. I'm just very, very short message. message uh, uh, actually, it's not my message. Greg, the last, last caller, Greg, uh, We probably he's calling like me about a dozen of years, year, 10 years at least. He he said that is this is what is going on in schools and this is the 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 core the core of the problem. Mm-hmm. No discipline, no discipline. It's about fourth generation of this uh, John Dewey, this uh, uh, to, uh, school school teaching mm-hmm. revolution that you do not do anything to children you do not discipline them because they know themselves how to develop and this is fourth generation i mean the Minimum. in two, 2005 when i was in uva all this diversity all this thing this these kids i was working with a Fifteen, sixteen, seventeen years old. Now they are in these school boards. Mm-hmm. Their parents, their grandparents. I mean, their grandparents. All these children not parenting enough. So the parenting in school is not. You can you you have you deal with parents, not with children. You have with these parents. That is why you. I told so many times. You cannot fix. The school school boards, public school, uh, this one third money that uh, probably will parents who discipline their children who are responsible, mm-hmm. and they will get this one third and get out. May father for other parents it will it will not be enough, but demolish the Department of Education. This is the evil evil in the country. Well, it's the belief public school and these people sitting there. It's the belief, though, Gennady, I, I, as I see it, that, that there is no right and there is no wrong. There's, there's moral ambiguity that we've created, uh, to feel good so that there is no right, there is no wrong, uh, when there very clearly are rights and wrongs and, and very clearly, you know, you, you can't just do whatever you want. That's anarchy. Yeah. Uh, but, but I think the, the, the reason the elected officials foment this anarchy is that will it will lead the logical person to demand a, a strong-armed dictatorship to put peace back on the streets. It's, we don't need that. We just need Trump and who comes after him, and they will see that without dictatorship, 
just following the laws which was already set up in the United States of America, and it said just enough. And this is what he's promising. He's just, just enough. Come back what he has mm-hmm. done and continue. And after him, probably his, uh, his running mate, the sentence mm-hmm. will, be, will be president, and we'll fix it. Uh, I hope you're right, Chinati. Uh, uh, I got to run, my friend. I'll be watching you. Okay, <laughs> the Voted one of Virginia's top newscasts. What? Now, it's a brave new world right now. Seville 1075 and 1260 WCHV, Amen Evan, Charlottesville.